Welcome to EcoJive. I'm your host, Kim Atchison, and this is episode number 17 for June 11th, 2012. Now, in this week's episode, we're going to be talking with Jason from Occupy Walk USA. We're going to be finding our walk scores, and we're going to be talking about, well, creative protesting. We're also going to talk a little bit about our podcast dates and when we put them out and what works best for everyone. And then finally, we're going to talk a little bit about naming a bill. That's right. We're going to try to figure out a way that you guys can help get involved in naming a potential bill. So all this and more on this week's episode of EcoJive. Okay, welcome back to the show. And now let's, you know what, let's just get right to it. I got a chance to talk with Jason again from Occupy Walk USA, and Jason's always great to talk with, a lot of fun to talk to, so let's go ahead and get right to that interview. Now, I should mention that Jason and BJ are the ones right now walking, and they do have a couple of members that stayed in Chicago. If you guys remember, obviously the NATO summit was there, and then as Jason will explain, they're meeting up with people again in Philadelphia for, you know, July 1st, or sorry, June 30th through July 4th for the Occupy event there. So let's go ahead and go right to Jason and hear from Occupy Walk USA. Hey, and we're talking with Jason from Occupy Walk, and they're right right now actually in Santa Fe. So how's it going out there? Hey, Kim, how you doing? We're, we're, uh, we're doing great here. Santa Fe uh, is, you know, has a, a thriving occupation. Um, we... We had a uh, informal GA on uh, uh, late last week. We met a bunch of people here that are occupying and learned, you know, what's going on here in San Jose with local issues and what they're planning on uh, doing here and what they've done. Uh, you know, just kind of gives us a um, you know a deeper perspective of what's going on with the occupies across the country. So you know, we're glad to be here. And can you tell me a little bit about, like, some of the highlights that you've hit this past week as far as, you know, your guys' Occupy movement or other ones that you've ran into? Um, Yeah, well, one of the big highlights for us was uh, uh, one of the walkers that was held up in Chicago's uh, charges were dropped. I don't know, I think, uh, since the last time I talked to you, that was still uh, up in the air for us. So we found found out on Tuesday of last week that uh, Mike Lowe's charges were all dropped. Um, the uh, police officer that made the arrest basically uh, perjured himself as he was uh, being asked questions in court, so they threw the case out because, you know, basically it was uh, the charges that he were filed against him were erroneous, so we were really excited about that. Of course, Mike was really excited about that. Um, so Adam and Mike are, are in Chicago, and um, they're planning on meeting up with us in Philadelphia for the national gathering that's happening uh, on June 30th. Um, so that that's a big piece of information for us that happened last week. And then um, as far as the occupiers here in, in, uh, in Santa Fe, um, we had a great meeting with uh, occupiers here um, and, and got a little bit more information about the, uh, the Los Alamos uh, mass direct action that they're planning 
um, to, to protest uh, nuclear um, uh, armaments and, and the uh, uranium contamination that happens because of it, because a lot of uh, what goes on here in, in uh, Mexico is, is related around that. So uh, we learned a lot about that, and that's some occupiers here, and, uh, and we're just generally sort of uh, occupying Santa Fe and, and regrouping and getting ready to get to Philadelphia. I, so how many people do you have with you now at this point? Right now, uh, we're, it's uh, DJ and I. We're, uh, we're the, uh, uh, the duo walkers here in, on the West Coast, and then, like I said, Mike and Adam are in Chicago. Chris uh, McKay, our ground support um, guy, he he actually uh, took a took a break from the walk to uh, head out to Seattle because there's some there was some actions going on in Seattle that he wanted to participate in. So he's no longer with us. Um, so it's just it's just DJ and I right now. Okay. And so what are you looking forward to as far as kind of the week ahead here? What are the highlights that you'll be hitting, stuff like that? Well, we're going we're gonna to help uh, participate in uh, Occupy Santa Fe and on Occupy Albuquerque are hosting a, uh, an event on Wednesday uh, down in Albuquerque at Yale Park uh, for the Occupy Caravan. Um, which you can find out all the information online for, for their action. There, there's, there's two, I think there might possibly be three caravans going from the West Coast to the East Coast. Um, the one that's heading to Albuquerque is leaving out of Los Angeles today, actually around 7 o'clock. I think they'll be live-streaming that. Um, and um, they, they go through Albuquerque. They'll be, they'll be in Albuquerque on Wednesday. Uh, they'll spend the night. And so <clears throat> Occupy, uh, on Occupy Albuquerque and Occupy Santa Fe are putting together a, um, uh, a gathering and a, and a potluck and, and sort of a, 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 a short occupation of, of Albuquerque when the caravan comes through. So we'll help them with that. I, and so, yeah, so you're talking about for this week coming up here. Now, how far do you expect to be out by this point, and where can people meet up with you if they do want to join up with the Occupy Walk? Uh, for people that would like to join the walk, I think the best thing to do would be to uh, just uh, stay, in, uh, stay in touch with our uh, on our webpage, OccupyWalkUSA.org, or our Facebook page, which is also Occupy Walk USA. And, and just, uh, you know, because we're constantly updating information there, um, we will be basically uh, going to Philadelphia. So for the next couple of weeks, we're basically going to be preparing to go to Philadelphia, going to Philadelphia to take part in the national gathering. Um, and so from there, that would be that would actually be a really good entry point to the walk um, because we'll, after Philadelphia, we'll be coming back uh, to New Mexico and resuming the walk from uh, Albuquerque. Uh, it gives people it gives people enough time to uh, prepare to get their gear ready, and uh, you know if you are uh, thinking about walking with us beyond like you know just the city limits or whatever, um, and you know of course you can contact us and ask us about any kind of logistical issues you'd like to have answered. And then just a little bit here because that was kind of new to me too. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit about the caravans and what's going on in Philadelphia? 
Yeah, um, Occupy Caravan is a uh, direct action that is taking people across the country and um, to uh, Occupy Philadelphia for a national gathering uh, June 30th to July 4th. And uh, that was sort of organized around, uh, um, you know, direct democracy kind of uh, action and, and just uh, getting people from occupants across the country to, uh, you know, share information and network. Um, along the way, they'll be stopping at occupies across the country. And you can find out all that information, I think, uh, by just going to Occupy. I would Google Occupy Caravan. I think they have a occupycaravan.org website. Uh, but I'm not sure exactly about what the URL is. Yeah. And then also the, nas- the National Gathering has a website, too, um, which you can find out information at um, inter-occupy or um, just Google. If you Google NatGat or if you uh, use Twitter, you can do hashtag NatGat and uh, you get all the information that you need about that. Right, and just there. make sure that's NatGat, like N-A-T-G-O-T? or yeah, N-A-T. Okay, and yep, yeah, and then it goes right to the Occupy National Gathering is the first thing that comes up for people then. Okay, and so that's something where they could meet up with you guys and there or talk with you guys at that point, stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll be there, and also uh, other walkers from across the country are walking there now, too. I know some of the walkers that we met when we were in Chicago um, left Chicago shortly after the NATO protest and are on their way to uh, Philadelphia as well. So if you uh, if you're interested in if you're on the East Coast and and you'd like to walk to Philadelphia, that would probably be the best bet is to uh, join up with the occupiers uh, that are are walking from Chicago to Philadelphia. And uh, you can find out information about them uh, at Occupy Occupy.org. I think is the URL for that. I know that's a lot of a lot of different URLs and everything, but. Um, the three, I guess, the three main ones for for what's happening, and then over the next three or four weeks would be um, uh, Google NatGat, uh, Google Occupy Caravan, and uh, Google Occupy. Those, those those three uh, pieces of information will pretty pretty much get you well on your way to finding out about what's going on with the walks and uh, what's going on with the national gathering and the caravan. It's a really interesting time, actually, right now, because, uh, you know, summer is starting, people are, uh, school is ending, and um, there's a national gathering happening at the end of the month, and there's multiple ways to get there. So, if, you know, for listeners that are interested in taking part in, in what's happening with uh, Occupy 2.0, that, uh, you know, Philadelphia would be the place to go, I think, for that right now. All right, cool. And then I wanted to be able to wrap this up so we can let you get back to it there, but is there anything that I didn't ask you about today that you wanted to include? Um, no, not really. I, I think uh, I'm just hope DJ and I are really taking the time here in Santa Fe to, uh, to network with the, the occupiers here and to sort of re-strategize our, our aim for the walk across the country. Um, and so we're, we're, we're kind of uh, reorganizing here and taking a, taking a couple of days to rest and, and get ready for Philadelphia and plan for the, the walk when we resume it after um, the beginning of July. Okay. I will thank you so yeah. much for your time. Hey, and hey, thank you, Kim. It's good yeah. talking to you, as always. And uh, you know, just, just 
keep that keep the message going out there because uh, it's really it's really important for um, independent media to, to, to keep the message alive. Yeah, so really. Thank you very much. Oh, thanks so much for that. And also, tell BJ I said hi. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I will. All right. All right. Thanks a lot. Right. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye. That again was Jason from Occupy Walk. Now, I wanted to run through real quick and just give you kind of a list again of some of the sites that he had mentioned, just so that we have that down. Now, the first one was for the Occupy National Gathering in Philadelphia. Now, this is a little bit harder to kind of spell out here, but it's going to be, it's literally www.occupy.com occupynationalgathering.com and that's all as one word so if you just also google occupy national gathering it would come up there and i wanted to tell you too for the caravan occupy caravan that's at occupycaravan.webs.com and when i say webs that's webs.com and then again, as uh, um, Wacupy, which is another group that's doing an Occupy movement by walking, they're actually at Wacupy.org. And it's just W-A-L-K-U-P-Y.org. So you'll be able to find out all that information there. And then again, to keep up and stay up to date with Occupy Walk USA, you can go to OccupyWalkUSA.org. Or their Twitter feed is Occupy Walk. And you can find them also on Facebook. And they started, this is actually new. It's a group that they have now. But if you search for Occupy Walk USA, you can also find their group page then for Facebook. Hey, and thanks again to Jason from Occupy Walk USA. Now we're going to take a short break and hear from the EPA. And since it's so fitting, you know what, let's just go right into the walk score. And I'll tell you a little bit about that and how you can find the walk score for your city. Hi, my name is John Sen, and I work in EPA's New York City office. Here's an environmental tip that you can use. It's electric. You can check how much of your electricity comes from renewable green power sources, such as wind or solar. Green power produces less carbon emissions, reduces air pollution, and helps protect against future costs or scarcity of fossil fuels. If green power is a consumer option, check price differences from suppliers before you buy. For more tips and information, go to epa.gov slash earthday. Help protect the environment Earth Day and every day. Welcome back. Now we're going to talk a little bit about how to figure out what your city's walk score is. And this is actually pretty easy. We're going to be using a site called walkscore.com. And what you do is you go to the site and then you simply just type in your current city. And what you'll get is your city's walk score, which is based on a scale from zero at a low end to a top of 100. Sadly, my city was only a 46, but we'll get more into that later. So the walk score, it also ranks my city as car dependent. And that, I definitely agree with. Being someone that bikes around a lot, it depends on what part of the city you're in, and we'll get more into that again too. But yeah, I do have to agree that Eau Claire is pretty car dependent, honestly. Now, I do know there are some people that argue with that, and I could argue with it, but you do have to go quite a ways here. Now, the other stuff that I want to talk about is one of the cool um, features on here that I was just kind of hinting at. It's actually a color-coded map where you see where the better walk areas are. Like in my city, we see that's a 46 because my city 
it's almost like they tried to spread out as far as they possibly could and our like footprint of a city is huge for a town our size so you know it it's difficult but it does show you at least like if you want to live in that city and you want to have an area that's more walkable it'll actually show you on the map a color coding going from red red which is really really bad on up to a nice green so the site you know another thing that does it also gives you the population of the city but i do find that this can be deceiving for example it lists my city as sixty-five thousand people which is true actually but my city has a lot of smaller areas nearby and realistically we serve about a hundred maybe even a hundred and ten thousand people so it doesn't count the little kind of suburbs that are right next to you or stuff like that or the population density that might be just outside the city limits for example where we're actually recording this show might not actually count as the city limits i know that we have to get our mail from outside the actual city itself and i believe we're like right on the boundary or maybe just over the boundary for the city limits like if i go block i'm in it so it's possible i won't even be counted on the population area so that if you're moving to a new town and population is important to you then that you want to double check and get a little bit more detail with it now I also want to talk about on the walk score page what you'll see is after you type in the city you're looking for it also gives you apartment rentals and then the fun little options that you have to scroll down to find and if you scroll down you can find things like transit info and they're actually working on like a bike score and stuff like that so it makes it kind of fun but it makes it really interesting uh, at first I honestly didn't really like the rental part because it almost seemed a little creepy like they're trying to use it to sell me something but after i started looking at the map and started thinking well you know what if i did want to move in eau claire you know or what if i want to go to another city and really find some stuff it's actually really kind of cool because you can look for options like where transit is where grocery stores are uh, where heck even bars are stuff like that a little bit of nightlife you know all those kind of stuff that you can click on and see how close you are to it and then you can actually look up what they are too so that was actually really kind of cool to have now i wanted to look at because i told you um for my city my walk score was a 46 but what does that actually mean so according to the website what we have is 0 to 24 is car dependent almost all errands require a car and that's got to be true if i'm at a 46 then yeah that's got to be pretty bad so the next group up is 25 to 49 which is still car dependent and has a few amenities within walking distance and you know technically that's true i mean we do have like if you take where i live personally i'm relatively close to a grocery store there's a couple of restaurants a couple of things like that I'm actually really close to our biggest park, which is really cool for me. And I'm only two blocks from the river, which is really nice. But yeah, I kind of agree with that. There's some stuff nearby, but not a lot. Now, if you go up a little bit to the 50 to 69, then they're somewhat walkable. And it has some amenities within walking distance again. So a little bit better there. Uh, 70 to 89 is very walkable with most errands being accomplished on foot, which would be amazing i'd love to live in a city like that i just i have to pause for just a second right there because i got a chance last summer to live in san francisco for well a couple of weeks 
but I have to say their transit system is amazing and even if you didn't want to hop on transit you could walk a couple of blocks and hit a couple of small grocery stores but still find the stuff that you need and if you need to go to a larger one you can make a larger trip I mean that that you know maybe it's just a part of San Francisco I was in but it was an amazing spot to be and they did stuff really well there also I do have to say the bus the wait for it i think the longest i had to wait for any bus was 23 minutes so not bad so anyways let's get back to the scores here now that was 70 to 89 um and i don't know what san francisco's is which i should look up here in a little bit but if you go 90 to 100 then obviously this is the best one it's considered by the site a walker's paradise uh, daily and errands do not require a car now the important thing about this and i started thinking about kind of you know how this affects people i mean because you know i use my bike to go around but what does that actually do and what i like is part of the website actually talks about um they have a section called what makes a neighborhood walk walkable and the first bullet point is a center walkable neighborhoods have a center whether it's main street or public space um second point is that people has enough people for businesses to flourish and for public transit to run frequently uh, third point was a mixed income and mixed use so affordable housing located near businesses which i have to say my city doesn't really have a lot of uh, then bullet point after that is parks and public spaces with plenty of parks and public spaces to gather and play and my city is actually really really good with that i mean we have even on the walk to a major park, I actually pass a minor one, and the major park is like, I don't know, six blocks away. So passing a park to get to the large park within six blocks is pretty cool. Um, now the next bullet point that they list is pedestrian design, and that's being buildings are close to the street, uh, parking lots are located kind of to the back so that you don't have to go through those, stuff like that. Um, personally i would actually add how the police get involved in traffic too and stopping traffic and stuff like that and we'll get into that a little bit later but that's just a personal one that i wanted to add in there uh, they of course on the website also lives school and workplaces being close enough that you can walk to and from and complete streets so streets are designed for bicycles pedestrians and transit which again in my city you know i guess my city is a little bit of an older design still so some of our stuff that we're updating is good but some of it's not so you know that's what they list as a city being walkable and i have to say i kind of agree and the website itself they actually do have more information that you can get if you go to just walkscore.com or walkscore.com slash live more and that's a hyphen word so l-i-v-e hyphen m-o-r-e and they'll give you a little bit more information here. Uh, the ones I really like that I didn't really think about is that people in walker um, in walkable neighborhoods tend to weigh six to 10 pounds less. Now, granted that could be anything. I mean, you could say, you know, people that eat green grapes as opposed to red grapes weigh less, but you know, there is obviously a certain logic to this here. Um, now there's another one that they pointed out here too that I thought was really interesting. I mean, first of all, 82% of CO2 emissions are from burning fossil fuels. Um, so if you walk somewhere, of course, you're not burning fossil fuels. 
But the finance part of it, and this is the part that I've noticed on my bike a little bit, but didn't realize so much of here, but cars are the second largest household expense in the U.S. And this, again, is according to walkscore.com. So uh, one point of walkscore to them and what they suggest is on average worth about $3,000 of value in your property. Now, of course, you want to actually read the report on that. Um, I'm sure it varies to some degree and stuff like that. But if you think about it, I mean, if you could instead, like, say that you live close enough that you could walk to or from work or that you could walk to or from the grocery store, you know, how much money that's going to save you, especially now that gas is uh, three to four bucks a gallon and probably going to continue to rise. So a lot of things to kind of think about there. I really like how WalkScore sets it up. And again, you should go check out your city and go to walkscore.com. Just kind of plug in your city, see what you think and how you think the city is rated. And, you know, let us know. I mean, let's have some fun with it. Play around and kind of check things out. Now, the next piece that we're going to talk about is what's under hashtag shell fail on YouTube. And this you may have heard of. This is where the Greenpeace and the Yes Men did a event kind of. And you know what? Let's actually, let's not ruin it completely for everyone. Uh, the first video here is this little lady that she's at this thing that looks like a shell event. And they're selling it off as like a shell event. And it's up in the Space Needle. And then what happens is during the video, they have like this little oil rig that's supposed to put out Diet Coke or something like that. Um, some type of diet soda. And it ends up going horribly wrong and spraying down this little old lady and she like you know i feel bad but she actually sounds kind of funny it's just really high pitched type thing and the whole thing was to kind of point out a different way of protesting and first of all if you look this up here it's um, hashtag shell fail um the rest of the title is private arctic launch party goes wrong so you can check that out first and then just pause the video here or pause the audio here and check out the video and then turn it back on before you click on the link at the end. So, okay. So now that you've checked it out a little bit, you see what I'm talking about. You know, this lady is actually kind of funny. Um, what this whole thing is and why it came about is because Shell was allowed to preemptively start, you know, start the process of lawsuits against Greenpeace, which means that Greenpeace didn't actually do anything yet and Shell was able to already start kind of getting ready to sue him, which, you know, I mean, it's not a violation of anything except ethics and decency. <laughs> so, you know, how do you sit back and how do you deal things like that? And what Greenpeace and the Yes Men are kind of doing is they're kind of figuring out ways to deal with that, where, you know, if they can't do the direct protesting, then what can they do? And this was their answer now. I don't know that I completely agree with it because quite honestly, when this first came out, it was sold on the sites that I saw as a real thing and something that just kind of spontaneously happened. In fact, at the end, they sell it so well that at the end they have this shell oil guy like demanding to get the phone from this guy as they kick him out of the space needle. Um, of course he doesn't give it up, but then when you get to the end of the video and this is spoiler alert. So if you can't check out the video, then wait and check it out and then check this out here because at the end of the video there'll be a link in the corner 
and it actually says click on this link to get more info um, click on okay sorry it says click here to watch more footage from the party and so if you click on there then you go to and I'll let you look this up too it's hashtag shell fail hyphen and then the title is viral campaigns revealed and what it is the little lady in there I'm going to play this and hopefully you kind of hear it as we go or actually you won't be able to hear it as we go but she's actually the little lady remember the lady that got um, pepper sprayed in an Occupy event she's like 80 some years old that's this lady and she's back in here and she's actually taking part in this and not in Shell Oil but what they did was uh, Greenpeace and the Yes Men got together and they actually had rehearsals and they had actors playing different parts and then they brought this lady in to be the little lady that gets hosed down so the whole thing is you know like a stage setup event to kind of prove a point and to get some get the word out there so i don't know i mean check it out see what you think i think they kind of bring in an interesting idea because you know maybe it's time that we start looking at protests in different ways i mean especially if shell oil or other corporations are allowed to preemptively sue and if they're allowed to do things like you know get a police force like in new york city where they pretty much you know have police protecting certain areas from protesters so you can't even have your right to protest or things like that you know maybe there's other ways to go about protesting um i don't know that i honestly agree with this specific way but i like that they did something that made us think a little bit more so feel free to check it out and then i also noticed too one of them that you might want to check out here too is um I, it actually goes right back sorry there's a different name for one that goes right back into the same thing so check out those two videos uh it's kind of interesting to take a look at and now that you know a little bit of the background to it it's you know definitely an interesting thing to look at but you know decide what you think too and is this going too far and if so instead of just condemning like if we're going to condemn something don't just condemn it like fix it you know what would you do differently to come up with a different way to protest you know something new and unique i mean you know this and maybe this is it for you maybe you love this and maybe there's a way to take this and make it evolve into something that i don't know i guess for me would be would have to be more meaningful i mean after i found out that they you know had made this up and i think part of it was the research in the beginning wasn't done where people were reporting it as fact and it, in truth was this made up thing so you know it's not all their fault necessarily but i don't know you should check it out too and let everyone know what you think and you know let's start that discussion and start thinking is there a different way to protest or are we doing things right now we just need to be doing more too so gives you a little something to think about now one of the things i think we also need to talk about is you know we've talked about a walkable city but unfortunately what that doesn't have is any stats on how traffic interacts with both on foot pedestrians and bike pedestrians now in my city unfortunately that's a really really sad thing here i mean when we got the walkable score 46 the first thing i thought was well yeah because you're a target to every car out there in fact we have a joke in the city that on any other city if you put your leg out off the sidewalk it's a signal for cars to slow down in eau claire it's a target and that's how people drive here 
And I realize that that's how people drive here because, in all honesty, that's how our police force has enforced things. And I started noticing, and in fact, in my neighborhood, there's one stop sign where for four years now, we've argued to every police officer that we can find that we need a police officer here watching the stop sign because almost every single car actually runs the stop sign. And because the intersection's at an angle, if you're turning in that way, they actually run it to the point, like they usually at least slow down, but even by the time they do that, they're actually in the intersection. And so... I started looking and in my bike ride, which tends to be anywhere from 10 to 20 miles, to see how many times I saw people just already blow off stop signs. And it's so many that I quit counting. And I started going, okay, I'm only going to count up to four. And there's times where I can sit at, well, I can sit at the intersection from my house and have three cars right there. So, you know, that's one of the things that we need to work on. And that's one of the things that we need to figure out is how to get drivers to understand that when you're driving and you come to a stop sign, if you stop so the stop sign's in line with you, then you've ran that stop sign. Because you're actually supposed to stop so that the front of the car is at the stop sign. And then if it is an intersection where, say, there's like a building or a shrub or something, so you have to pull ahead to actually see other cars to know if you can go, then that's fine, but you make two stops then. Or if there's a crosswalk there, you have to stop for the crosswalk. You don't get to just kind of drive through to wherever it's convenient for you. And, you know, I started going through this past week and just reminding drivers. Like, every time that they did that, I'd actually just pull up with my bike and just be like, hey, you know, you just ran a stop sign, and I'd just point it out to them. And especially if they're on their cell phone, because, you know, get a hands-free device or something, or get a headset. They're like 12 bucks. But for drivers, it just became, so I was doing that all the time. And I thought, you know, the reason why they're doing this is because I, in the last four or five years of living in this town, I also grew up in this town, but I haven't seen anyone pulled over for running a stop sign in a very, very long time. In fact, I don't think I've seen anyone in the last four or five years. So... Honestly, I'm to the point where I'm wondering if the answer is actually going to and may trying to figure out how to work with the police department or how to, if they're not willing to work with people, then how to figure out how to get them to start. Because what the end result obviously needs to be is people need to start getting tickets. And not even warnings because people blow that off, but actual tickets for running stop signs because we have a bike path that is, for the most part, pretty good in our town. But it's dangerous to take because every time that you have an intersection with any kind of road, the drivers don't respect that there's even a bike path there. And even when they get special stop signs to stop before the bike path, they cruise on through them and stuff like that. So that's going to be one of the things I think we're going to take on for the summer and maybe try to develop a model in our town and here in Eau Claire to see how we can get a better transit or better transit overall for people that are walking and taking bikes and working either with the police force or if they don't want to work with us then how to make them help work on it so one of the two just because honestly we need to worry about making it safe for everyone here so we'll keep you updated on the progress with that um should hopefully be a good thing um we'll see how it goes but 
you know, start taking a look in your town and seeing if it's honestly safe or not. Because I know that in Eau Claire, that has put off a lot of people from riding their bikes. I know people every year that literally have just one too many times that they almost got hit and they put their bike up and they never use it again because it honestly becomes a safety thing. So let's look at making our town safe for both foot traffic and bike traffic and how that can be achieved. So we'll take a look at that and you know what, we're going to take a little break here and then we'll come back and we'll wrap up the show. So hang on tight. Hey, did you know EcoJive is a nonprofit and totally supported by donations? That's right. But I'll tell you what, we're actually not going to ask you for money. Well, okay, not right now. But what we are going to do is we're going to ask you to use our links when you shop online. Because right now you can help fund EcoJive when you shop through Amazon. All you have to do is go to EcoJive.com, that's E-C-O-J-I-V-E.com, and click on the Amazon link. So it costs you nothing, but a small percentage of what you spend gets donated to us from Amazon. So hey, if you're going to shop online anyways, then why not click on our link to get to Amazon first? It costs you nothing, and it helps support EcoJive. But remember, you have to click on the link from EcoJive so Amazon knows that we sent you over. So make your online shopping help a nonprofit and start by going to EcoJive.com. And we're back. Now, before I let you go today, I wanted to tell you about some cool things to kind of look for here. And again, talk about some of the changes that we're working on. Uh, The first thing is the timing for our podcast. Now, in the past, we used to put our podcast on kind of late Sunday night, early Monday morning. That way I was ready for the commute to work on Monday. And while I really like the idea, and I think that's probably the best time, we wanted to kind of play around with some times and see if there's a better time for everyone else when it comes out. Now, the advantages with a weekly podcast is that you know, it could come out on Saturday night and you could still check it out for Monday or stuff like that. So... We're going to play around with it a little bit and kind of see what works best and then what's going to work best for the upcoming year here to put it out. Um, realistically, probably go back to a Sunday night thing, maybe even go to a Sunday morning. Uh, but let's play around a little bit, check out the rest of the week and see what happens. Now, the second thing that I wanted to talk about is we're actually sitting down and I'm actually working with a few people to come up with a bill and write the bill for our program to provide solar panels for low-income families. And that, again, doesn't actually have a new spending because we'd be using subsidies that go to oil, gas, and coal companies and converting that over into a grant program to provide clean energy. Because, quite honestly, oil, gas, and coal companies, they don't need the money. They, they've admitted, which you'll see, they've admitted that they don't even need the money. So why don't we take that same amount of money and put into like revitalizing America? And that's where you guys come in. Because we're going to need your help down the road. And we're going to need your support and you guys talking about and getting involved and stuff like that. But what we're going to be doing in the beginning is we're playing with a way to have you guys help name the thing. Because, you know, how often do you get to help name what should become eventually a federal bill? So stay connected, especially on our Facebook page. If you're not following us already, um, you can follow us on Twitter.com slash EcoJive, and then you get news updates and things like that. And we'll be posting when we post, if we end up posting a poll, we'll be posting that info on Twitter. But you should be following us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ecojive, that's E-C-O-J-I-V-E, 
and one of the things that we're playing with is doing a poll on Facebook. We're either going to do that or we're going to do something where you email in some options, stuff like that. So definitely get connected on Facebook. Tell your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, everyone you know, because you get to actually vote on what some possible names for a potential bill for Congress. So how cool would that be? And, you know, what I love is it lets you guys get involved like right away, which I really love about that. So stay up to date with us. Uh, you can also go to ecojive.org and check out what we're doing there. Uh, that has our Twitter link, our Facebook link. It also has a link to use and help support us. If you go buy something on Amazon, use our link first, and then we actually get a little bit of money for that. Uh, some other things that we're going to do is at this point, we're kind of, I don't want to use the word desperately because we don't desperately need money, but there's so many things that we want to do with EcoJive. Um, you know, for example, you heard Jason talk about the Philadelphia trip. Uh, that would be nice to be able to take. And even though there potentially is a shuttle and we might be able to use that, it's time away from here. And so it'd be also nice to have EcoJive be a little bit more sustaining for itself. And then we can do other things like when we come up next year, we're actually going to be going to Congress and going directly to Washington, D.C. and lobbying Congress. So, you know, there it'd be a nice way to we're looking for some nice ways to kind of be able to do a little bit more and be able to do more reporting for you guys then and expand EcoJiving further. So that's something in the not so distant future that we may be looking like right now we're looking at potentially having a very low membership rate because we want to get people involved and that's the goal not so much money so you know i don't want to ask people for like a hundred bucks at a time and we've talked about this before is we might even have like a like a five dollar membership or a ten dollar monthly membership um stuff like that that might come down the road uh what that entail is we still want to be able to give you know the stuff out for free and so you know when you are supporting eco drive like that what you'd be doing is you'd be helping to make sure that everyone can kind of have access to this community so it's kind of like those with a little bit more give a little bit so those with a little bit less can also have you know so i really like the idea and i really like how that's set up um we'll probably end up doing something like that in the not so distant future and we're also thinking about doing things like you know, seeing if we can get some gifts in or stuff like that that people can either buy or bid on. So we'll keep you updated on that. And that's about it for a show this week. So stay tuned, and we'll end up next week probably being about the same time. Uh, the best way to make sure that you don't miss anything right now is to go ahead and subscribe to Eagle Drive. And you can do that by just going to feeds, F-E-E-D-S dot feedburner dot com slash eco jive and that will get you to the ability to actually subscribe and then you can subscribe uh, it shows live bookmarks but you can actually choose different applications uh, you can also go to ecojive.com and eventually we'll have something on there but our twitter and facebook pages the link will actually go to ecojive and then you can even subscribe through things like your email and stuff like that and that's actually a feature, too, that hopefully we'll have up in the next week or two that we'll be able to let you guys subscribe directly off the site. Uh, you can also go to iTunes and just search for EcoJive, E-C-O-J-I-V-E, and you can subscribe straight off of there, too. So hope you enjoyed the show this week. Uh, definitely check out your walk score. Go check out OccupyWalkUSA.org. 
follow them on Twitter and Facebook, and we'll see you next week. Okay, see ya. Thank you.